Well, hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher, episode number nine. We are looking today at the wisdom of the Hebrew scripture, ancient narrative, all about the prophet Elijah. Thousands and thousands of years old, this story, but remarkably pertinent for today. So sometimes you just need the right question to put you back on track. You know, if you're despondent or if you're bored or restless or aimless, rather than getting people's opinions or advice or even worse corrections, sometimes wisdom looks like the right question at the right time. And in today's uh, passage, 1 Kings 19, God asks Elijah the same question twice. Now, it's always worth noting in the scripture that if something is repeated a few times, it's usually repeated for a good reason. And if you, if you go just a little bit deeper and go over the passage again and think about it further, it reveals all sorts of interesting things. So this is a question that I think that you'll, you'll find helpful as you think through many things like decisions you need to make or finding a sense of purpose and direction for your life. Or maybe you're helping someone else think through a decision. It's a question that helps sort out purpose and meaning and the direction your life will take. It's all about why we do what we do. I mean, does it even matter why we do what we do? Well, yes. Yeah, the scripture says. I think this passage teaches that because we can really get off track and we can put energy into the wrong things and be in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and then wonder why, you know, why are things not working out? Why am I so discontent or even worse, depressed or disappointed, severe disappointment? You know, this isn't turning out the way I plan. Most of us have experienced this, right? This is a common thing. And this is the state, this is the emotional state anyway, we find the ancient prophet Elijah in as we look at this passage today. So Elijah, about 850 years before Jesus, he's kind of a complex man. He's, he's a prophet, which means that he's basically God's spokesman. There were women that were prophets too. And uh, a prophet really just speaks out God's word, God's leading. What we would might call today very insightful people. He's a complex man, he's courageous, he's confident, he's got great faith, but he can also be anxious and fearful and overcome with disillusionment. So he's this interesting mix, as most people are. And he had recently taken on a challenge and confronted the king of Israel at that time. And the king of Israel, during Elijah's day, was called Ahab. And Ahab had the reputation of being the most wicked king that ever lived. Now, you might not have heard about Ahab, 
But I think you'll have heard about his wife because his wife's name was Jezebel. Yeah, Queen Jezebel, who happened to be the most wicked queen in all of Israel. So I'm going to pick up the story in 1 Kings 19, and it's the third year of the drought, and God says to Elijah, I want you to go and present yourself to Ahab because I'm going to bring rain on the land. Now, throughout these, all these Old Testament stories, God's always trying to woo and bring people back. It's like this theme throughout the scripture, Old and New Testament, Hebrew scriptures in the New Testament. God's always trying to woo people back. So Elijah, God's prophet, goes to see Ahab, the king, and it's pretty much involves a public showdown, and it involves literally calling fire down from heaven. And the test's really simple. An altar is going to be built. The wood is going to be piled high. The bull is going to be cut in half. Ahab, you have all your prophets pray for fire. If fire appears, you win. And the gods that you worship, they're real. No fire and you fail. That's... That's the contest. However, if I pray and fire comes, then the God I serve, the maker of the heavens and the earth, is the one true God. Now, it's not just a contest of power here. At the heart of it, it's really about who answers prayer. It's about who can people trust. Elijah wants his people to turn back to God. It's like if you're going to pray, right? then pray to the one who knows you and loves you and wants what's best for you, right? So the contest begins, and you can tell where this is going to go and who's going to win. The contest begins, and Ahab's prophets pray for hours and hours and hours and hours. Nothing's happening. And by lunchtime, Elijah begins to tease well, maybe your gods are off on a vacation. Oh, maybe your gods have overslept. Oh, maybe your gods are working on a project. And then Ahab's prophets pray more and more and more and do all sorts of rituals to try and get their god Baal to pay attention and do something. Nothing happens at all. Then it's Elijah's turn. And Elijah pours water all over the altar three times. The wood is absolutely saturated. And he prays, simple prayer, God. Oh God, if Abraham, Isaac and Jacob make it known that you are God and that I'm your servant and that I'm doing what you are, what you've called me to do. I'm under your orders. Reveal yourself so these people can see you. And come back to you. And of course, immediately fire falls. Burns up everything. All the water is licked up. And the wood's gone. The altar's gone. The stones are scorched. Elijah has a great day. It was perfect. Everything went according to plan. Obviously, wicked Ahab is furious. 
and he goes home to tell his wife, Queen Jezebel. And she listens, and she says, really? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Jezebel turns to her servant, and she says, you go tell Elijah that he will be dead in 24 hours. Well, Elijah gets the message, and he's absolutely overcome with irrational fear. And he runs for his life into the wilderness. Now, this is all a bit strange, really. I mean, he's just had this big showdown. He's just been calling down fire from heaven. God answered the prayers. Everything was fantastic. But there's something about Jezebel that scares him. You know how we all have these areas in our life that we overreact to for whatever reason? There's something about, we don't know what it is, but there's something that really frightens him about her threat. And he flees into the desert, and he's there a long, long time. The Bible said he was there 40 days, which really means the 40. Numbers are really important in Hebrew Scripture. And 40, it's not so much a literal day, it's more like 40 days represents a time of trial or a time of testing or a time of challenge. It just means he's there a long, long time. And he finds a cave, and he's basically hiding in this cave when God comes and asks him a question. And the question is, and this is the question I think we're going to really find helpful for our lives. The question is, verse 9, 1 Kings 19, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? There's, that's the question. And Elijah says, well, I've been faithful to you, and this is where I end up. And all the other prophets have been killed, and Ahab and Jezebel are going to kill me, and I'm alone, and it's the end. And God said, really? really? Okay, Elijah, go outside. Go outside. Get outside this cave. I'm going to pass by. And this great wind passes by, so strong that it splits the mountains. But the text says, but God was not in the wind. And then after the wind, there came this great earthquake. But the text says, but God was not in the earthquake. And then after the earthquake, there's this great fire, but God was not in the fire. And then after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. The sound of sheer silence. Now, it doesn't say God was not there. So one way of reading this passage is, and I'm sure there's many ways because there's a lot in here. But one way of reading this is, it's like Elijah do you think that God's only with you when you're having your mountaintop experience? Do you think that God is somehow more present when the big things in life happen and everything's great and fire's falling from heaven and your prayers are being answered and Ahab's defeated and you're the winner? You say, no, Elijah, that, that, that's not how it works. That's not how life works. I'm still the same I'm still the same. When nothing is happening, 
and you're hiding in a cave and you're scared of Jezebel, I'm still the same. I didn't call you to hide in a cave. I didn't tell you to come here. Right? The question is repeated. Exact same question, verse 13. Elijah, what are you doing here? And again, Elijah says, well, I've been faithful to you and, and, and all the other prophets are dead and, and Ahab's after me and Jezebel's going to kill me and I'm all alone and God doesn't correct him and God doesn't advise him to change his attitude. God doesn't tell him to snap out of it and stop being such a wimp. But what God does say is, really interesting, verse 15, I want you to go and anoint Hazel as king over Aram. Well, it doesn't mean too much to us, right? But it's like saying, you need to get back to work and be about the business that I tell you. Prophets are in the business of listening to God and anointing kings and doing other things that prophets do. It's like saying, what are you doing in the cave, Elijah? Did I tell you to come here? No. Did I guide you here? No. Of course you're miserable. Of course you lack direction because you never checked in with me. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's a great question. It's a great question for us. What are you doing? It's a great question because one of the main teachings of Jesus is this phrase that he used a lot is, come follow me. Come follow me. And within that invitation, really Jesus is saying, if, if you come and follow me, the, the invitation is, if you come and follow me, in other words, if you become my student, copy me, watch me, if you let me guide you, I'll show you how to be led by God. I'll show you how to, I'll teach you how to listen to God. If you become my student, I'll teach you how to connect with God. I'll teach you how to connect with the divine. I'll teach you how to connect to, with the universe. There's many different ways of saying it, right? But I'll teach you how to connect with God. Jesus would say, my heavenly father. That's how he, the words that he would use. I'll teach you how to connect with my heavenly father. I'll teach you how to listen and follow God's lead. See, Elijah ended up in the cave because he stopped listening. He's there because he's basically led by fear. He's absolutely terrified of Jezebel. And that's the energy that leads him and motivates him to run to the desert and to stay there for a long, long, long time hiding in the cave. And God finds him. What are you doing? Did I tell you to come here? Did I tell you to come here? You know, you can ask that question in so many situations. So many situations. You're in a difficult relationship, for example. It's not working well. It's not what you thought it would be. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Or you're in a, in a job that you hate. Day after day, you hate it. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Did I lead you to this? 
or you made a bad business decision and it's not going the way it's planned. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? It's like God saying, did I lead you? Is this my idea? Did I, did I lead you into this? You have a, a big decision to make. It will change uh, life as usual. Or you're bored. Or you lack a sense of purpose. You're just putting in your time. Maybe you feel trapped, stuck in a cave like Elijah. It's like, what are you doing? Same question. It's like, what is leading you? It's a way of saying, God, it's like a way of saying, did you check in with me? Did you consult with me at any time? Or just move on without my guidance? Just because it seemed good at that time. Now, I should add here that just because we have a sense of leading doesn't mean that everything is smooth and we're trouble-free. But the beauty of having a sense of being led, which feels like I know that this is what I have to be doing at this time, the beauty of that is, is that when things are not going well, you still have that tremendous strength that can keep you going. You know, when you have a sense that you really are on the right track, you're doing what you need to be doing, and you can just commit yourself to being faithful to that, it gives you a tremendous amount of strength, even if things are not going well. So being led by God, which, by the way, being led by God, I'm not talking about, of course, a voice from heaven. Being led by God looks like, actually, it's easier to say what it's not like. It's not being led by fear or anger or revenge or any other negative energy. Being led by God, it looks like an openness. It's a heart stance. It's non-insistence. It's flexibility. It's prayerful. It's meditative. As opposed to a frantic urgency. I'm always very wary of anything that has a frantic urgency. I think it's one of these red flags in our spiritual life. I don't think that uh, in most cases there is a frantic urgency. Being led by God, being led by the Spirit of God doesn't necessarily mean everything's perfect, but it does mean in your heart of hearts, you know what you're called to put your energy into. And that's what gives you strength. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do at this time. I have a sense of peace about the course of my actions. I know how I should spend my time. I know how I should spend my days. I know how I need to spend my, uh, use my resources. I know what my task is. And if I'm feeling like I'm in a cave like Elijah, then I can sit with God's question until I get some clarity. Just that one question. What are you doing here? And isn't this a wonderful thing that God comes to Elijah to get Elijah back on track. This is 
Throughout the entire scriptures, this is always happening. This is like the shepherd and the sheep. It's always God is coming to get us back on track. Elijah's wake-up call, really, that's what he needed. He needed a wake-up call. And sometimes we need a wake-up call to keep us faithful, right? And to to get us out the cave. That's what we need the wake-up call for, to get us out the cave. Well, thank you for joining me. You have been listening to Celtic Preacher and we have been looking at the question that God asked the ancient prophet Elijah, what are you doing? And sometimes it's all we need. Sometimes all we need is just a good question to get us back on track when we feel like we've lost our way or we feel like we're stuck in a cave not going anywhere. Join with me next week for another episode of Celtic Preacher.